Insights to Live By, the podcast, where we discover new pearls of wisdom to put into action and enrich the daily lives of others. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Insights to Live By. I am your host, Matt Zinman. First and foremost, thank you for being here, especially for this official solo episode one. Uh, I just want to add a special thanks for if you happen to listen to episode zero and allowing me to share my story there. And all the more for checking out, if you had the chance, our special two-part guest episode featuring the leaders of Hyperconscious Nation and the Hyperconscious Podcast, Alan Lazarus and Kevin Palmieri. I am sure if you caught that, you'll agree. These guys are at the top of their game and they're still climbing and just feel very fortunate and grateful to have them join us. So thanks again, guys. Naturally, in putting myself out there with the book, Zisms, and now with the podcast, I've known that what also comes with that territory is my sharing a number of personal disclosures. So I sincerely thank you for that. Here in solo episode one, I am pleased to bring you another look behind the scenes, though less about me personally as it is about what led to the book, starting with a very mysterious encounter I had some years back and how that story foreshadows some of the key concepts and practical takeaways covered. And while on topic, this seems like a good opportunity to share some details about my self-publishing journey, what that involved, decisions made, and why, which I hope is especially helpful to those uh, for anyone interested in writing a book and embarking on that journey themselves. I'd also like to give a personal tour of Zism's Insights to Live By. Of course, this also frames some of what you can expect with future solo episodes in terms of those various topics, especially about earned confidence, because as a grounding principle, it's at the heart of most everything we'll discuss. And then close out here with a sneak peek of some of what you can expect in future episodes. So... Without further ado, let's reveal the mysterious encounter behind Z-Man, which you may or may not know is the symbol on the book cover and how that led to the title. So in case you're not familiar with that image, uh, it's easy enough to see for yourself on mattzinman.com here with the podcast. And then the separate book site for now is z-isms.com. And so what is with Z-Man. Um, well, first of all, it's, it's hard to miss on the front cover. Z-isms is illustrated using a dotted Z with a line through it and another dot at the bottom for what is a left foot and a circle atop for the head. And it may be less evident at first, but Z-Man appears to be running in a, a cheerful, energetic manner. Can you see him? Like, if you're seeing him now, like, can you see him running? And some might say that he's marching forth. That's another way to 
to interpret it. But anyone who knows me knows there's a certain meaning to the likes of Z-Man, and he's no accident. In fact, his origin dates back to 2007 in a coffee shop in Newtown, Pennsylvania. And more on that in a moment. But just to put things into context, the dotted Z originated as part of the brand logo from my first company, uh, founded in 2002, Z Communication Inc., which I, I mentioned in the last episode was a marketing and communication firm with the tagline, Connecting Expression with Impression. And for anyone interested, that phrase represents the Shannon Weaver model of communication circa 1937, which is better known as the sender-receiver feedback loop. You with me? All right. I'm, I'm really geeking out right here. So moving on, the dotted Z was meant to signify the science of communication and the strategic planning process of the firm, obviously in terms of connecting the dots. And to complete the logo, the Z symbol used the backdrop of a paintbrush stroke to represent the art of our communication practices and even name that logo called the Swash. And uh, I'll have these images in the show notes also at mattzimman.com for you to see. And in 2005, when I launched Z University to venture into the world of internships and education content, I decided to continue with the dotted Z as a brand asset for the new company. And I think I also mentioned in hindsight, you know, using that brand made kind of the wrong impression, what was an academic driven market and what I quickly abandoned in favor of founding a nonprofit, the Internship Institute. So backstory complete. Now, two years later, I am in that coffee shop working, wearing headphones and just minding my own business. I'm head down and a strange woman taps me on the shoulder and I, I looked up and see this person in like very eccentric clothing and like in all honesty, uh, you know, she was more like a costume gypsy out of an old Hollywood movie, you know, that type and She'd either been looking over my shoulder or was passing by and noticed something that uh, I had the dotted Z on it. I believe it was, it was probably, I think it was a marketing mailer that I'd been working on. But, you know, in that moment, and things really did happen very quickly, you know, things got a little awkward. She didn't say a word. And instead, she smiled at me in a familiar way and she reached down and actually took the pen right out of my hand and she proceeded to draw a straight line through the Z, added the dot at the bottom and the circle at the top. And right away, I could see that it looked like a man in motion. And I looked back at her and she just had this look of satisfaction as if her work was done here. And she hands me back my pen. She smiles knowingly and strolls off as mysteriously as she had arrived. And again, this happened without her saying a word. So for as detailed and as intense as that description may have seemed, it's it's all happened, honestly. It's a matter of seconds, and it was 100% bizarre. <laughs> and uh, it's 100% true. And yet there he was. You know, Z-Man was born. And naturally, all these years since that unusual experience, there have been a number of opportunities for potential uses with my focus on the nonprofit. So I've tried them out in various ways with programs and education campaigns, but 
he just never seemed to belong anywhere. And there's also an idea for a version of him as a tattoo. And I haven't quite figured that out yet, but maybe something along the lines of, you know, tucking my jersey number seven in the upper right of the Z with a hockey stick at the base and having pucks offset the dots in kind of a yin-yang way. But really, I, I haven't really given it much thought. And uh, that, that image will not be in the show notes. Um, I'm not sure my wife Erica has bought in yet, but we'll see. I'm not sure I'm bought in yet. Anyway, more recently, I gave Z-Man uh, another chance in, in a handful of social media posts and memes, uh, but it, it was just this forced fit, and it still left Z-Man with nowhere to be. And then came the opportunity and the motivation to do the book along with the idea for the title. And finally, it seemed as if he had a chance to come in from the cold. (laughs) The drama, Z-Man Saga continues. So when it it comes to the origin of the book and the title and having a Z theme, yes, it's no coincidence that the original origin, is that redundant, uh, is the Z in my last name, but the accurate reason is because of Z-Man and that mysterious encounter with my uh, with that visitor all those years ago. So seeing him on the cover, it just fits, and I am stoked about him finally finding a home. And uh, all right, well, thank you for indulging me with that brief anecdote, but you know, I admit to having a strong affinity for how these logos evolved, you know, because they symbolize my entrepreneurial experiences in conjunction with them and including with the book. So taking it another step further and seeing how the front cover turned out, you know, I can point to new symbolism, right? That the, again, if you see the cover, it includes a starburst around Z-Man, which say it represents the ripple effect Z-isms will have as it exponentially positively impacts more people. Um, How's that sound? Like, did we just decide to make that up and assign that meaning? And the answer is, well, it has to come from somewhere and uh, and happen somehow, so why not? And now that Z-Man has come to fruition, my curiosity returns to the point of his origin and that encounter with my mysterious gypsy woman. And what I find most striking is how that event and those since are analogous to the core themes in the book. So she drew him as if he was there all along. You know, was that the moment he was born? Or is that the moment just happening now with publishing the book? Is it possible that that very instant she brought him to life became a foregone inevitability that he'd see the light of day? And now that he's out and about, what does his future hold? So could my unusual visitor have known that answer all those years ago? You know, it's a stretch, isn't it? Sounds like a stretch. It is a stretch. But in this way, the the book is a perpetual work in progress, just, just like us, just like me. And what I found most interesting since publishing the book are the... All these interpretations, when showing the cover to others, uh, I've always seen him for what he is. And once you see it and know what it is, you can't unsee Z-Man. But what I never quite realized is that when I show the book to others for the first time, I get all kinds of different interpretations, like 
from seeing a key, which is understandable, uh, or a dollar sign or a spiritual symbol. Uh, in fact, I'd say at best, I don't know, maybe about 25% of people see that Z-Man, or it's a man, uh, in motion marching forth. So I'm not sure that that's ideal from a branding standpoint, but it is what it is. Uh, however, it does make sense for him to be you know, something of an avatar, especially given that many of my friends... Uh, especially my hockey teammates throughout the years. You know, they've always called me Z or Z-Man my whole life, um, probably because it's you know, a quick shout-out when they want me to pass them the puck, or, you know, which I do, by the way. All right, so that's, uh, that's about Z-Man, and uh, let's shift gears here and talk a bit more about the self-publishing. I think just to share that experience I went through, some people who may feel like they might have a book in them will find this helpful, and uh, let's just spend a few minutes here. When I think about that self-publishing journey, I can't exactly claim that it, it happened in a straight line. As I mentioned in episode zero, you know, going back to the beginning, I felt a personal responsibility to write the book based on certain things I've come to know through experience, such as about earned confidence, but things I may have mentioned or not mentioned yet, uh, being aware of spiders and applying principles of inevitability. These are things I've talked about for years. And then it was early last year, there were a number of life events and factors that converged, which brought me to the that inflection point that made clear that it was time to write the book. So picking up here where I left off the last time, as far as what happened next, and as I, as I looked to step into writing the book, it wasn't like, boom, I'm doing this. It was more like, I have these life lessons that have progressed and have been marinating, so I decided just to get into action, and for two days, I, I wrote, and in my excitement, I was, I stepped back, I was like, I did it, you know, uh, and then, like, reality set in, I was like, no, this is nowhere close, uh, and in fact, I mean, when I started out, I wasn't really sure how much I had to say, if it turned out that it was, like, only those three chapters or so, and I'm grasping, you know, this, we might be just talking more of, like, a blog, but, you know, the outcome was that I really did. I had a fully formed book, and there there still certainly was a lot more work to do, but at that point, I had done too much to turn back. I you know, I got into action, and, and putting my head down and keeping going, that's really the first advice that I'll just give anyone interested to do it. I suggest you just get into action and see what you've got, uh, and and then go from there. So just try setting a few days aside here and there and just frame it out to see you know what that's like, how inspired you feel, how much you like to write, and just then just write and go from there. You know, for me, I, I'd I'd come too far to turn back. It was once I got that down, I just felt like I had to see it through. So maybe if that's something that you or somebody you know wants to take a crack at and maybe you'll have the same experience but of course writing the book is one thing and then there's also the whole publishing process which can seem at least as daunting uh, starting with the options and I'll only speak briefly to these you know if you really think you have something and have the patience and resources you could try to get an agent or pitch yourself to a major publishing house my understanding, or at least perception here, is that unless you're someone who 
can command an advance as a first-time author or you have an established following from prior books, it's probably not going to be worth it. Those publishers, they expect you to do all the heavy lifting in terms of marketing and you know, the give back for, for what you're having them do in terms of the trade-offs. Typically, I, I don't honestly think that that's worth it, but you can decide for yourself. And then there are all kinds of hybrid publishers. So this may be a good option for a lot of people, and especially if you're writing a book that's more for the purposes of business development and terms of credibility, um, such as if I were a life coach, which I'm not, in part because my goal is for mass impact and coaching would limit that. But if you were writing for those secondary purposes and it's a write-off as well as you know, kind of a loss leader, these hybrid companies can do the heavy lifting in terms of editing and interior design and, and that whole publishing process. But these can also be very expensive. At least they were too much for me personally, and it just didn't feel like the way I wanted to go. The hybrids also provide their publishing logo for the spine, which may make it seem more official and feels good, but there are some trade-offs for that too, including the publishing rights and royalties. So I, I actually tried doing a barter with one of these hybrids early on, and it was evident right away, you know, almost out of the gate, that it was the wrong way to go. You know, They were on their own timetable, which is to say I had to wait a long time for certain things, and including they were even doing a cover design, which I didn't really like. And then they were like, well, we can change this a little, and that's that. And I'm like, well, excuse me, this this is my book, and you know, hit an impasse fairly quickly. So I also mentioned last time about writing a book and how the long odds of selling many copies. And so what's obvious here is that most books lose money, but are also written for those ulterior motives, which is fine. From my vantage point, which is that I'm in the small minority, uh, I'm someone with the self-belief and motivation to defy those odds, and the book is written to get into the hands and be read by as many people as possible. And uh, I have a little ways to go (laughs) there. I am where I am. Um, The other thing explained to me I did not know is that for a book written, in this case, you know, for the masses, it's important to retain the publishing rights, including by purchasing your own ISBN numbers and the barcode for the back, which is not cheap, by the way. Uh, but even if you go through Amazon and allow them to assign you their ISBN and barcode, and they're very happy to do that, they will still retain some of those publishing rights. So it was suggested to me that I actually form my own company. And, you know, that's no small feat, but actually I'd already established an S corporation in 2011 that was sitting dormant called Internship Success Inc., which actually back then coincided with my developing a work skills training course. And I thought I might go direct to consumer, which is a whole other story, but The point is that it was already in place, so it was more of a call to the IRS and to form two DBAs, which I did. Uh, You may know uh, when you have a subsidiary name, uh, a DBA stands for Does Business As. So I added ZU Publishing Inc., which I mentioned last time, as well as a DBA called Z University. You'll recall that I 
branded Z University in 2005 and with that dotted Z and abandoned it in favor of the Internship Institute. And so the publishing company logo on my book spine is the one that was designed back in 2005 and which has the dotted Z. So I've really enjoyed reviving that asset uh, in much the same way as uh, Z-Man found his home. As far as what I'll do with the Z-University DBA as now a freestanding company instead of just a brand name, that actually has yet to unfold. We'll see. Going the self-publishing route, I relied on some amazing people and resources. I I just want to mention one, my designer and good friend, Nancy Lee Schnabel, uh, with whom I've worked a number of years on the nonprofit. And she did the cover, the interior design, and as well as continues to help out here with the podcast uh, and beyond, I'm sure. And those for those interested to self-publish in this way, I highly recommend Martha Bowen of Bowen Publishing Services and Dina Riddle of Bookstarter. And in fact, I did write a testimonial for Martha and, you know, for any first-time author, and the process can be daunting, I, I really feel incredibly fortunate to have connected with her, and she guided me through the whole publishing process and provided all the detailed steps, and she's just as first class as they come, and I do want to mention her website. She's got a ton of resources. That's Bullen, B-U-L-L-E-N, publishingservices.com. So for authors, and, you know, if you just reach out, she'll steer you right And in fact, she was the one who referred me to Dina, who helped me navigate the ins and outs of getting everything properly submitted and formatted. And you or someone you may know can find Dina at bookstarter.com. So thanks for being cool with that. I'm very grateful to both of them and just giving back uh, really means a lot. So, all right. So switching gears once again, uh, now, if you'll be so kind to allow me to provide a personal introduction to Zisms, which is best taken from the published introduction with a few adjustments. So this next part is what you'll hear, uh, something uh, in the way of the audio book once that's published. So uh, here it goes. Not everyone has a book in them, but just about everybody has something exceptional within themselves that they've come to know. It may be a phrase-appointed advice that their parent or grandparent instilled in them. It could be what they find meaningful enough to put under their email signature or post in social media. And greater inspiration may come from a profound life event or experience over time. What life lessons would you share to benefit others? What do you wish your younger self would have known? What steps can you take toward living your best life? And these are the questions that I considered as the driving force for Zisms. And the very next question almost asks itself, what is a Zism? So there's a, there's a phonetic and then noun, pearls of wisdom, original wit, or personal experience shared to positively impact as many people as possible insights to live by. So what matters above all else is that Zisms can apply to anyone who possesses unique insights that they want to make known for the greater good. Zisms covers a lot of ground by offering as much practical guidance as possible 
It also reflects topics I've thought about extensively and experienced over many years. After reading, you'll come away with, one, (laughs) unique approaches to self-discovery with a certain mindset to defeat unnecessary worry, anxiety, and stress, ways to find and stay in your zone, and straightforward solutions to ease daily living. Next, original concepts to improve your relationships and interactions by sizing people up, seeing things differently, saving yourself from common hassles, eliminating needless assumptions, and better managing your energy. Also, techniques to heighten mindfulness, such as learning how to go with the flow, harness gratitude, and achieve your why, and actionable tools and practices to enrich your life by winning the battle within, becoming a life athlete, and maintaining self-accountability. We'll also have some fun exploring topics like making coincidences matter and the phenomenon about catching 1111. All along the way, it's as if we're having a personal conversation with a friend. And together, we'll walk through how to customize your life enrichment action plan, LEAP. Track progress with a self-care report card. Apply tools like the perception snapshot to see more clearly and take the right steps to achieve personal growth to live your best life. You'll find that one topic builds on the next and that you may want to use a bookmark and take notes at certain points, especially with the last four chapters to allow time to reflect on what you've read. As part of my commitment to provide you with a complete personal tune-up, there are a few chapters that cover the essentials, including about mental health. I think you'll also discover that Zisms delivers on originality and advances some topics such as the key to avoiding the wrong romantic relationship, that there are only two kinds of people in the world, one of which must be avoided or at least approached with caution, and how to amplify the law of attraction. That said, the book also comes with the need to share some personal stories, some of which had remained very private until now. So, please accept my sincere appreciation in advance for permitting me to share those experiences with you. And lastly, one major goal for the book is to keep it going with an exclusive and thriving forum for readers to exchange their own Zisms. This also allows me to continue to interact and elaborate about certain disclosures throughout the book, and in this way... Zisms has no final ending. So, if you want to share the amazing, profound wisdom and insights to live by that only you possess, I encourage and welcome you to join the Reader Forum and do just that. So, that's now in place at insightstoliveby.com and I'm hoping to have some fun with it, maybe along the lines of ask Matt anything or, you know, something I have to answer. Together there, we can inspire, support, and accelerate our continuous collective and individual personal growth. All right. 
I have to admit that even though the book is written as a personal conversation with the reader, it's easy to tell that I, I think and speak somewhat different than I write. And that said, you know, just to give you a frame of reference, I also want to share a rundown of the table of contents, uh, which certainly aligns with what is going to be covered in the podcast. And I'm just going to, you know, instead of saying chapter one, two, I'm just going to run down earned confidence, outsmarting worry, anxiety, and stress, be aware of spiders, combating manipulators, a dose of prevention, solutions to ease daily living, perception is seeing things as they are, minding the mood scale, mental health insights, managing energy, practical tips, from, you know, such as for entrepreneurs and personal responsibility, being a life athlete, optimal self-care, the elements in motion, sizing people up and adapting approaches to certain circumstances, swim with the current, go with the flow, making coincidences matter, opportunities abound, leading me to this podcast, for example, catching 1111, having fun there, amplifying gratitude, the law of attraction in action, inevitability, discovering and achieving one's why, and bringing big goals to fruition, fueled by self-belief, winning the battle within, and walking the talk, personalizing a life enrichment action plan. So we'll be sure to take a deep dive into a number of these topics throughout the solo episodes, as well as focus more intently on things like romantic relationships, single parenting, co-parenting, entrepreneurship. Uh, I will go into my personal battle with depression more deeply, using your intuition, and share what I have come to know about career pursuits, especially certain techniques that give job seekers full control to secure their livelihood and have an enriching experience in their career. So it looks like we are almost there. And as we wind down, I'd like to close out with a strong preview about earned confidence, which we will take up in solo episode number two. And if you happen to catch episode zero, you heard me mention it briefly. So this is uh, to jump in further. And you know, whether you realize it or not, earned confidence is something we all have as a foolproof way, among other things, to defeat worry, anxiety, and related stress. So also to diminish individual regrets that hold us back if also relevant, to erase the scorecards people sometimes keep to rehash the past, which, if you can relate, they are relationship killers, and more about what I've been through uh, along the same lines in relationships and avoiding making false assumptions as those relate to being in your own head and that relationship with yourself as well as others. If you're wondering how your earned confidence does all of these things and provides an effective remedy for the you know many major quality of life issues, it's because earned confidence is about living in the present, which means that it puts scorecards and regrets, those things rooted in the past, out of the picture. And the same goes for worry, anxiety, and the negativity of creating expectations around unwanted events and outcomes that are not 
100% certain to happen. And by their very nature, assumptions are not truth-based. Are you with me? Of course, what this all comes down to is about staying in the present. And what keeps us there is about grounding in gratitude, which is at the source of enrichment to experience joy in the moment. And as you may already know, this is at the heart of my intention to personally enrich the lives of at least 100 million people by 2025. And while gratitude certainly fuels and is about making a conscious effort and commitment to practice, at the foundation of everything just described is a simple, single human value. Any guesses? Well, what we're talking about is kindness. And there's a specific justification as to why and how kindness is the building block and stepping stone here. And when, when people first think of kindness, their natural interpretation is about how we act toward others. But just as earned confidence is founded on proving ourselves to ourselves, what's really at the foundation here is about kindness towards oneself. And here's where there's a paramount question to consider, which is, why be anything less than kind to yourself? And this really bears repeating, and I'm slowing down. Why be anything less than kind to yourself? It's fair to say this question is about as rhetorical as one gets. So if you have a hard time giving an affirmative answer, then at least you know where to start. And that's a prime example of kindness being so definitive, which is why it's so powerful. As we wind down here, if you aren't giving it already... I respectfully ask that you give this last part your undivided attention. Of course, the answer is that we should be nothing less than kind to ourselves. And yet, you know in this very moment that that's something a lot easier said than done, as well as that we struggle with this all the time. As foundational as this is, and something I cover quite extensively in Zisms, in having published this just a few months ago, I've gotten a lot clearer about this since, in part by guesting on more than 70 radio and podcast shows since, and talking about it so much. And if I were to write the book any differently, it may be something along the lines of having seven building blocks for life enrichment, with kindness being the first. And the reason, in thinking about this more, is that in the big scheme of personal development and growth are the core aspects around self-esteem and self-love. But they pose an inherent challenge, which is that they can feel vague and intangible. It's hard to wrap our heads around it enough to know how to pursue and achieve getting to the point of feeling that certain way about ourselves. But when we approach those goals and desires on the basis of kindness it becomes very definitive because kindness is a this or that behavior. You're either being kind towards yourself and others or you're not. And so our approach to kindness 
as it relates to ourselves, metaphorically speaking, is that if kindness is the thermometer, how to measure how we treat ourselves, then the mercury used to measure it is based on earned confidence. And if that kindness thermometer were to be encased for protection, then that would be by self-respect. So that seems like a good entree. And a final thought is my, again, sincere invitation to have you join our Insights to Live By community at InsightsToLiveBy.com. And with it being a private group, you'll need to know the secret phrase to join, which is take the leap. And that, by the way, refers to the 90-Day Life Enrichment Action Plan, or LEAP, that culminates in Zisms. With that, I look forward to revisiting and expanding on earned confidence in solo episode two, along with kindness as the core building block for life enrichment. Till then, I'm Matt Zinman, and I sincerely thank you for joining me. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Insights to Live By. Be sure to connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at Matthew Zinman and join our community at InsightsToLiveBy.com. Wishing you and yours an enriching day, and we'll see you next time.